to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey, Craig, how's it going? We're uh, back with episode 131 of Nats Talk All Up on the Go. All up on it. All uh, up on the go. There you go, right off the right off the bat. There you go, Kurt. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm good. It's a date night with Joe and Craig, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's nice. Del- delayed a few days. Baby Mac is is doing okay. Uh, Baby Mac is doing all right. Well, that's good. That's good. He's glad, okay. Glad to hear it. You know, he's... the parenting is the important part. We could always delay the pod. Yeah, he he's 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 adorable. He was wearing a shirt today or a onesie. That said, I still live with my parents. Ah, nice. That's super. So, cute. That, so that was pretty funny. It's that funny because he's cute. he's nine months old, and that's, yes, that's 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 the joke. That is that's. <laughs> Where I was just listening to a podcast this week. Oh, it was the West Wing Weekly, when when they were talking about like how Josh Molina had to ex- had don't joke the joke. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you t- you, you just joke the joke, Craig. I always joke the joke. You you are very... I'm a big fan. You are very joke the jokey. Oh, and if you haven't uh, listened to, I believe it was today's Jonah Carey pod, uh, very, very good one. Um, Is this Katie Nolan? No, 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 not yet. That's Monday, I believe. Okay, yeah, I can't wait to hear that. This, Yeah, oh, she's brilliant. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's another woman. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, they were talking, Jonah Carey was speaking about how upset he was that everyone calls puns dad jokes. Yeah. He's like, puns are just good jokes. <laughs> I love jokes. Puns Carey. are funny for anyone. Uh, Sarah Tiana? Is that yes, it? yes, yes, yes. She was, she was fantastic. Good. Yeah. Um, no, it is, uh, it is power woman week at, uh, the Jonah Carey podcast. So awesome. Uh, he had a comedian, uh, couple on Monday and then Sarah Tiana today. And then I believe Katie Nolan's going to be Monday. So power woman week from Jonah Carey. Nice. I like it. I like, we have a lot of, uh, women listeners. So, uh, who have specifically spoken about wanting to hear more women on podcasts. Indeed. So good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be drinking this beer. I'm happy to be talking to you and all of the wonderful people out there. Indeed. Uh, what what beer are you happy to be drinking? At the uh, right, the show here. right now I'm happy to be drinking this Long Trail Blackberry Wheat. Nice. Good use of wheat. Wheat. It is, uh, <clears throat> it's, was one of their uh, biggest beers back uh, five years ago and before. And then they discontinued it and they brought it back in a limited run. And uh, I'm pretty happy to see it back. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Um, all right, you ready to talk some baseball? Yeah, uh, real quick, uh, for those of you uh, trying to catch up to uh, that are watching the game, have no idea how they ruled him out just then. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, uh, weird. replay is the worst. Replay, the worst. That's another another in the long line of off-season topics that we will have to revisit. Yep. <clears throat> so uh, I think we decided we wanted to. We didn't. We we spent a lot of time deciding what we want to uh talk about before the show as always oh yeah and so i think um i guess you want to talk about the the walloping that the nationals are putting on the rest of the division 
or yeah, let's go ahead and start there. Uh, it seems like only yesterday um, the Nationals were, you know, right, right, hovering around a four and a half, five game lead in the division over. It changed between the Mets and the Marlins, and you know, it was not the most comfortable feeling in the world. Uh, all of a sudden, as of uh, Friday night's game, it is a nine and a half game lead, which is. That that's the perfect use of the Will Ferrell boy that escalated quickly picture. Yes, uh, because you're right. It was not. It was pretty close. The Marlins were like, not. I wouldn't say nipping at the heels, but they were within three or four games, like within the last month. Yeah, um, it's been it's been not an easy uh, last couple months for the Nationals at the top of the division. They've had someone, as you said, nipping at their heels for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, and the Marlins just suffered an enormous, enormous blow, uh, losing Giancarlo Stanton for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, that that's like the death blow, right? I mean, that's you. Not saying they couldn't do something without him, but they probably can't do something without him. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, and so, and you know, the Mets, un- unfortunately for their fan base, and I want to talk about that a little tiny bit. Like, are just. Uh, the, the team is crumbling. I mean, they are just things could not be going worse for the Mets than they are. Right. right. And the team, like you said, is really just crumbling apart. And it's not just the players. It's uh, it's the management. It's the coaching staff. Uh, that's just it's sad. You saw that press conference uh, a couple like a week ago, I think. Yeah, the Terry Collins. The Terry Collins press conference where he literally came in, took one question, and rambled for three minutes and yeah. essentially mic dropped. And he talked about, you know, heart and hustle and playing hard. And it was a just a weird moment. And, uh, yeah, the, the the Mets are not good right now. Yeah. and It's real bad. I, th- I think uh, when we were talking a week or two ago, <clears throat> you – drew the conclusion I was thinking the same thing um, that the there are visions of the 2015 Nationals with the Mets at this point just like oh my gosh it's it's incredibly parallel I mean the Nationals didn't suffer the pitching injuries that the Mets have but it's been a systematic collapse yeah yeah from 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 top to bottom you know the obviously like it's you could see the when do you think you lost this clubhouse moment happening with Terry Collins. You could, you just see it. And this is a manager who led the team to the World Series last year. Yeah, that's the thing I think that is so different. It is not like a team that – a 2014 Nationals team with a lot of expectations with Matt Williams winning the – I mean, I guess Matt Williams did win the manager of the year the year before he was fired. But um, Beautiful. It, it's still a it, – it's a, it's a very similar situation – in all those places, you know, a, a generational pitching staff that they that the organization can't figure out how to take care of, and um, you know, injuries all up and down the lineup. To, thinking that going out and getting as Cabrera to shore up the middle and, and Neil Walker to shore up the middle infield was going to be the thing that allowed them to get back to the World Series after losing Daniel Murphy um, and Ruben Tejada. I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> Just, just weird all around, and then yeah, the Cespedes deal with the one, basically 
the one-year contract. It's a one-year contract. Why would he stick around after this? Yeah. Even if they won, why would he stick around? He's gonna then he's gonna leave and make more money. So right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So it's basically signing him to a one-year deal. Um, then the move to get Jay Bruce, which I think we talked about, which was you know that's a 2017 move. You know, I don't. I think it was a 2017 move. I don't know if the front office knew it at the time that they did it. That it was a 2017 move go, going and getting Jay Bruce to play right field at City Field. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a tough situation for the Mets. But meanwhile, um I wouldn't say that the Nationals are the Nationals are just they're just good. They're they're not doing a lot of things particularly spectacularly. That's a couple of LY words back to back. I like it. But they're doing they're just playing solid baseball like every game. There are and you could point to the the game in Colorado where you know, there were 22 runs scored, but, you know. Right, a, where the Nationals were down seven in the first inning and still made it a two-run game by the end. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's in Denver. Right. Everybody scores that many runs in Denver. That's no just, lead is safe, yeah. Ex, that's just the way that playing baseball at Coors Field works. So you can, it's hard to fault, a guy, you know, Scherzer and Strasburg having tough starts there. Because everyone has tough starts there. It's why pitchers don't go pitch there. Um, right. You, that's, it's why they can never put together a rotation. And when, I think it was when Walt Weiss was managing there, he tried to do the four-man rotation with a big <laughs> bullpen. Because, like, why not? There's no way that this could possibly be any worse. And it's, it's hard to fault the guy if they're trying to figure out how to make guys pitch in Colorado, where it just doesn't work. Right. Just doesn't, it just doesn't work. No, it sure doesn't. The ball doesn't move the same. You don't get the the rotation on the breaking pitches, all that stuff. So, yep. Um, and of course, the ball flies just a little bit. Yeah, just just a little tiny. Bit. Uh, as evidenced by the four hundred and sixty one foot bomb that Harper had over the uh, uh, over uh, out to center field. Yeah, that that kid's got a future, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's. It's great to see the Nationals really do the little things. I mean, they're a great fielding team. They've got speed. They're playing, uh, you know, well enough offensively. They're getting a lot out of their pitching staff. I mean, how good has Tanner Roark been? Uh, the Tanner Roark situation is so incredible to me. Like, because he's going to finish with Cy Young votes. He has 100%. To. He has to, right? And when you look at the difference, the Tanner Roark didn't do that last year, and the difference was he wasn't treated as a starting pitcher. He was, you know, we don't know what this guy's going to be, so we're just going to, you know, we're going to have him start some games, but really he's going to be a reliever because we don't think he fits in the bullpen. He had a rough year. But both years that he started, you know, 25 to 30 games, he's had sub-three earned run averages. I actually, uh, I did the tweet... I, I tweeted uh, you did the tweet of his stats. I can't find it right now because my searching function is not the same. But everyone said after that 2014 season, uh, this cannot be who Tanner Roark is. This is not – no. This I is totally said that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the next year he came back, he kind of was this awkward position and really didn't do so well with it. And this year, he's right around the same pitcher he was as a starter in 14. Almost it's, almost exactly Yeah, the it's same almost numbers. identical. <laughs> I mean, it's cra- it's crazy the kind of year he's having. Um 
And you could just see the the ability that Roark has. It's, and I remember going into the 2014 season, it was who's going to get that last rotation spot, Roark or, or Taylor Jordan. And I was like all aboard the Taylor Jordan train who just had his another Tommy John surgery. Mm. So, I mean, uh, good for Roark and good for him kind of, he does it differently than a modern baseball pitcher. He yeah. really does. I, I think that the, you know, the comparisons to Greg Maddox are a little overdone, but he does it in that manner. Um, All right, are you ready for this? Yeah. Uh, 2014, he had a 285 ERA, yep. 239 batting average against, and a 1.09 whip. Coming into tonight, 288 ERA, 236 batting average against, and a 1.17 whip. It's pretty good. So ERA and batting average against off by three points, and then a whip off by eight points. And we're hitting a point in the year where the the, the comparisons between the two seasons are pretty apt because he had 31 starts that year. This is his 26th or 25th start of the year. So, you know, they're pretty accurate numbers as far as sample size go at this point. And to say nothing of the, I'm going to go ahead and say phenomenal defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He his his defense is awesome. Yeah. He he should win a Gold Glove. Yeah. He should. And he won't. and now that he's pitching well, he's yeah. going to be in that conversation. He won't he won't be because he's not the, the the sexy name. But uh, I think over time he might be. I think I think we could be looking at a, you know another you know Rizzo Dark Thirty situation. A guy that just. You know, nobody. He was a he was an organiz, organizational player for Christian Guzman. I think we talked about it last week or the week before. Yep, I believe uh, right after I tweeted that I uh, I found the Guzman stats. So I'm going to go ahead and do that if you vamp just for a second. Yeah, sure. Uh, I just what the thing that Roar consistently does that's so impressive is he keeps his pitch counts fairly low. He pitches late into games and he locates to both sides of the plate with a fastball that moves. And so the fact that he's throwing 92, 93 or 91, 92, 93 with that fastball doesn't really mean all that much because when he, he locates so well when he is, when he is actually throwing. And like I said, he, there was a stat the other day. He's made it to the seventh inning to an insane into a, an insane number of starts this year. It's it's crazy. Like he and just it's, he just goes yeah. deep every time he starts. It's awesome. Go on. Yeah. Nice. Um. Uh. Yeah. And the very next tweet uh, was reminder: the Nats got Roark for 15 games of Christian Guzman, uh, who went to the Rangers, who proceeded to hit 152, 204. 174 yeah. in those 15 games. And I'm pretty sure that was the end of Guzman's career, right? That he, was the end of That Guzman's was like, career. he played like 15 more games and then his career those, ended. Those 15 games <clears throat> where he had that slash line and the Nationals got six years out of Tanner Roark. Yeah, pretty awesome. So. Pretty uh, awesome. Pretty good. And I think Keith Law said something along the lines of Christian Guzman ended his career with around a 10.2, 10.5 war. Uh, where Tanner Roark is right now. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's crazy. And he was a throwaway. <clears throat> he was a he was he was. It was a waiver wire trade, I believe. Yeah, it was in August for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was so definitely in August. Uh, an, an amazing move. Tanner Roark's been fantastic, uh, which kind of leads us into uh, some some not fantastic. Steven Strasburg. Yeah. Uh, 
front he's, row seat on the struggle bus. Yeah, he is. He has for as well. He's he pitched early, and you could you know with the fourteen and zero start and like the crazy numbers he was putting up. He, you almost had to see something. It's like regression. That coming. It's like, regression for sure. You have to. You can't do that <laughs> over the course of a year unless your name is Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, like you just can't um, do it. And when he fell off the wagon, he has fallen off the wagon hard. His last five starts, he's got a 7.30 ERA. Oh. He's got a 1.622 WHIP. Oh. Yeah, he it's it, it's not it's it's not good. Batting average against in the last two weeks, 414, 462, 776. That's a lot of contact that Steven Strasburg is not used to. Right. He, he is just not making that. He 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 is just not allowing that kind of contact ninety nine percent of the time. I mean, it's just it's a very rare situation. People, his strikeout numbers are crazy high. They're that way for a reason. People don't hit the ball. So, <clears throat> do you do you think that it doesn't bode well for later on, or are we just talking you know early August dead arm period? He'll I think it's a little bit of a dead arm. I think it's a little bit of a hit a wall. Uh, I think. Um, the pressure was seriously on him. You know, he had this hugely impressive record. People were talking about him. And uh, I would say as of, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, he was uh, with Clayton Kershaw, excuse me, Clayton Kershaw going down. He was probably the front runner or at least top three front runner for NL Cy Young. Oh, he was top three for sure. Uh, I think when, when Kershaw went down, I think he was top three. Uh, as far as pitching went at the time, for, no question. I mean, yeah, he may, maybe top two, but I think that you know Jose Fernandez is, was probably the front runner at the time, and then you know some combination of Johnny Cueto and Johnny Madison Cueto. Bumgarner, I mean, Madison Bumgarner probably. Yeah, uh, but now I think that honestly Max Scherzer is ahead of Steven Strasburg at this point. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been a rough go. Um, I think he just hit a, hit a little bit of a wall. Uh, I think. Uh, if they can get him uh, a rain out, something like that, skip his spot in the rotation, right. let him take a, a little break, I think that would be very, very helpful for him. Uh, and uh, to be fair, his last start was in Coors Field, where we just discussed pitchers go to die. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, and Scherzer, you, you shared the number with me going into that start, how bad Scherzer had been in Coors Field. Just... It's not a place where good pitchers go and succeed. You no. it's, you can't pitch well there. The ball moves differently than it does everywhere else that you pitch. So yeah, he's been he's been real bad for about a month now, and uh, I'd like to see him snap out of it soon. We all know he's there, but I think it's a little bit of uh, regression that we're seeing. Um, yeah, stands so to reason. I, I'm not too concerned going forward because um, he's just missing spots right now and. That happens to pitchers sometimes. It happens to everyone. Yeah, it's happening so. to Jake Arrieta right now too. I was I was seeing on Twitter that was that he just something with his mechanics was off. I think it was Mauricio that um, tweeted something out about it. That you know, even the best pitchers like like Kershaw and Strasburg definitely belongs in that conversation. And Arrieta, Scherzer, they all they lose it at some point and they will get it back because that's why they're very good. Right, and the good thing is, as we discussed, the Nationals are nine and a half games up. Yeah. They have a little bit of a cushion. Yeah. They can let, uh, maybe he's got a, a little bit of a niggle. Maybe he's got a little uh, little something nagging him. Yep. Uh, that, you know, maybe skip a start here, and it's not going to 
irreparably damage the Nationals going into uh, the postseason, which uh, is, I would say, all but a lock right now. Yeah, it would. I think I saw something before Friday's game that if the Marlins can continued their pace for the rest of the year, they're with their win, current win percentage. The Nationals would have to go fourteen and twenty-eight or something for the rest of the year to miss the playoffs. Yeah, that's so, not bad. Yeah, it's a good position for the Nationals to be in. And Dusty has said that he's taken advantage of that. He's been resting guys more than he otherwise would have, probably. Okay, um, so uh, according to Baseball Prospectus, the Nationals' uh, playoff percentage is a ninety-nine point nine percent. Yeah, that's. That sounds accurate. The only team with a higher percentage? The Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs with a 100. Yeah. The Cubs are making the playoffs. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to imagine a scenario in which the Nationals do not make the playoffs. Um, It will be interesting to see who they're, you know, we're we're still a ways away from that. We don't have to hit into it too much, but it'll be interesting to see who their opponent was is going to end up being because for a while there, it really looked like it was going to end up being the Giants again. Um, and now the Giants are just in a, in a Mets-like meltdown at the moment. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how that ends up playing out. They'll, they'll play whoever wins the NL West. That's exactly right. Yeah. Whoever wins the NL West is who the Nationals are going to play in the first round. So it will be very interesting to, to go back to that part of the country, just like in 2014. It just depends on what part of the state. I'll see you at carpool, buddy. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Uh, With better results this time. Yeah. Uh, Their division win percentage, by the way, is 99.6. Ooh. I mean, come on. Yeah. (laughs) A whole three points of a point. Yeah, that's uh, four out of every thousand times they wouldn't win the division. Yeah. Those odds are all right. Yeah. Um, speaking of pitching, since we've been talking about it, um, and pitching and playoffs, as a matter of fact, um, we talking about playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. (laughs) So Ronaldo Lopez is good. Ray Ray. Um, he can, he can throw the ball and it's good when he does analysis. That is some heavy analysis right there. Uh, Last there night's was... game, on, I'm sorry, Thursday night's game, when he threw, he was, when you think about a 22-year-old kid doing what he did over the course of seven innings, and in, after admittedly having a couple of cups of coffee that were mediocre at best at the big league club, first of all, it, it's hard. <laughs> to pitch at the major league level and way different than any other level in existence. Um, but the way he was locating 97, 98 and locating the curveball. Oh, the curveball. It wasn't there just was a, the... there was a gif that I tweeted this morning, uh, that I just watched for maybe five minutes straight. <laughs> of oh. him throwing the curveball. Yeah. It was just, it was just a curveball, one curveball over and over. And it was just, Wow. It went from the letters down to the ankles. It, it was insane. And the thing that makes it so impressive, it was moving that much, and he was putting it... When he wanted to throw it for a strike, he was doing that. And, yes. when, he, and when he wanted to make it look like a strike for 55 feet, he was doing that too. Right. Um, and that was, the ability to move between those two pitches mm. when you throw 97 or 98 miles mm. an hour and you were locating the pitch, um, it's not that he wasn't just rearing back and throwing it down the middle of the plate and hoping they missed it. He was 
he was throwing, he was hitting every corner. He was, uh, Pedro Severino's glove was not moving when he was throwing it. He wasn't reaching for any fastballs. I mean, they were going exactly where Lopez wanted it to go. Um, And it makes it very interesting about the relationship that those two guys have. He's caught every major league start that, uh, that Lopez has thrown, hasn't he? Uh, I'd have to look. Maybe all, but he's caught at least two. And I think he's had three, right? So um, he's been pitching very well. Or he pitched very well on Thursday. It's the kind of thing where you look and you go, this guy could play a factor. Yeah, I'm not as sure about that, uh, specifically for innings. Yeah, that's the ultimate thing. And I think um, early on in the year, somebody tweeted me about this yesterday. If I missed it, I don't, I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry, but... Was talking about we talked about this either early in the season or late in the off season. I don't remember which about Ronaldo and whether or not he'd make an impact this year. And I, I pretty much said I don't think he's going to make an impact at all or even come up because of innings. Right. I because I figured he was going to be September. Yeah, and... he threw uh, ninety nine innings last year, and then I believe last night took him over one twenty five. Right, which is a pretty sizable jump uh, percentage wise. So. Um, I'm not sure how much more we're going to see him, and I highly doubt we'll see him out of the pen. I, I The only way I think you see him in the playoffs is if he ends up in the pen. Yeah. Because innings. Right. But I also don't think – I think the Nationals, with, the, with moving players in and out of the bullpen, has not worked well for the team no. in recent history. Um, we talked about it with Roark earlier. You just – you don't want to mess with with players in that situation. And I think that you say, hey, we think you could be part of the rotation for most of the year in 2017. You're done for now. Right. And I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that personally. Well, I, yeah, here's the, here's the thing. I know we talked about uh, – we didn't plan to talk about this. What's the rotation next year? Well, you know three. Scherzer, Strasburg, and Roark. Yeah. And then and- – Joe Ross and Ronaldo Lopez or Joe Ross and Lucas Giolito. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about that. You're, yeah, I know. Op- the options are good. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there to, to kind of whet your appetite a little bit. I mean, it's, you pretty much know what you're looking at, but are we saying that there's, I, there's no chance it's going to be Gio Gonzalez. Uh, I don't think it can be. I I mean, it, it, his contract is technically up this year. He's got a team option for the th- for the next two years. Yeah, I, it's and it's a very friendly option. Oh, I'm sure it is. I want to say it's ten to twelve million. Yeah, which the thing that you have to look at is twelve, 12 a year. Yep. Yeah, uh, you're going to have team control players that are looking ready to go that are going to be less than that twelve million. Uh, by a significant by margin. a significant <laughs> yeah. margin, but it's just whether you want to start their clocks going. Yeah, it, it's Which, about it's about whether you want to start start the clock and whether you trust the depth of the pitching in your organization to not take the twelve million dollar flyer on Geo, and that that's the thing that you have to consider as well. With you know, yeah, Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito look like they're going to be studs. Yeah, what's after that? 
Yeah, and I there's nothing. I someone asked me earlier this week or last week uh, whether we could see Gio Gonzalez move to a lefty role in the pen. No, no way. Nope. Gio Gonzalez is not a bullpen pitcher. He's not a bullpen pitcher, and someone would be happy to have Gio Gonzalez. Oh yeah, Gio Gonzalez the is a major Miami Marlins pitcher. maybe. Yeah, he is a major league starting pitcher. Don't get. Yes. I mean, he is. We, we, we've talked many times about pitchers far worse than Gio that started for the Nationals for many more years. Gio Gonzalez is a major league pitcher. It's just... I mean, John Lennon was like... That was exactly... Opening day starter. The example I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, Gio Gonzalez is, is a, a very, very, very fine pitcher. Uh, he just... When you have a pitching rotation that looks like the Nationals pitching rotation, I mean, you just... A guy like that whose contract is up and he's got a, a reasonable but costly option it might be it might behoove the nationals to either a not pick up the option or b pick up the option with the attention of trading him this offseason yeah um which that is entirely possible they they could easily say yeah we're gonna pick up the 12 million that's option. very true and then some and then say hey anybody want G, uh, a Gio gonzalez with twelve million dollar option and a twelve million dollar option for the fi- for the next year, team controlled with a vesting option. Anybody? I mean, yep. I, and and then you know, how long has how long has Geo been a national? Twenty twelve was his first year. The the 20, Cy Young runner. Twelve, was thirteen, his first year. fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. When was his major league debut? Two thousand nine. Okay, never mind. I was trying to see if he has ten and five rights yet. Uh, uh, he does not. He does not. But 2000, it looks like his debut was wow. 2008, but 2009 was his first real. Time. Okay. Yeah. So he's been with the Nationals long enough, but he does not have the MLB service. Yeah, that's a good, not, good call. Didn't think about that. He would not be able to veto a uh, yeah, trade. He only, he only has six years of service time. Yeah. A little over six years. Which of is, time. wow. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, it's, uh. It's very interesting. It's it's something to can, that they're going to have to talk about for sure. But I I think the odds are they pick up Geo's option in the offseason. I don't know that that means he's on the starting in the starting rotation come April. So yeah, that's my little look forward. Um, You're summing it up in a nutshell. And, and nice. Uh, so Trey Turner's good. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> Let's, he's, let's he's talk about that good. a little bit. <laughs> because uh, outside of the play from earlier, which was a super weird yeah, double play. That was and that I mean that was just bad base running. That was bad base running. Yeah. It looked like Henley was holding his hand up. I don't know. It was just a weird play all around. Um but Trey Turner has made such an impact uh not just for the Nationals, but for individuals on the Nationals. Yeah. Because Every time he reaches base, he is just in someone's head. Oh, it, before it was just, yeah, this guy, what, are you, what, are you okay? You okay? Oh my God. What just happened? I'm okay. Okay. Uh, so just keep, I'm so, so sorry. Little professionalism, little professionalism, Greg. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. That's not what we do. Um, Trey Turner is so fast that, and it's gone across the league. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. 
I'm sorry. If you're listening to the recorded uh, version of this, I'm sorry. But Ben Revere just did a thing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. I'm sorry. I could not help but that react. That is one of the best things I have ever seen. Wow. That is incredible. The the look of shock on everyone's face. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. That's just a total robbed home run. Uh, Trey Turner, I think, is what I was talking about. Trey uh, Turner, really good at baseball, too. Yeah. Trey Turner, very good at baseball. Has proved that he can do play a little center field. Uh, can also play middle infield. He's pretty good at that as well. Um, but the speed makes him a difference maker. He is able to get on base and, like you said, get in pitchers' heads. And maybe that wasn't happening earlier, but that's sure as hell happening now. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, he was on base uh, before that double play, and they threw over, I don't know, three times? And anytime you can get the pitcher's focus off of his actual job in getting the hitter out, uh, you've, it's a good thing. Yeah. And he does that better than anyone because he's just got this electric speed. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, and every once uh, in a while, that speed's going to cause him to make a mistake like he made today. And right. I, I, I'm okay with that because the, the net gain is significant. Yeah. Um, kid's got some pop, too. He's had a few shots that... I, I think I texted you after one of them that was like, it was opposite field to the warning track on Thursday night against the Braves. And I was like, wow, Ben Revere does that a lot. Like, it's not what I was expecting to see from Ben Revere. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Trey Turner. I, now yeah. I've got Ben Revere on my mind. I don't blame you. Oh, it's so amazing. Um, yeah. So Trey Turner looks like he's going to, you know, you never know what a whole career is going to be like. It's the, he's young and it's early, but he certainly looks like he's going to have a major impact at the major league level from now until the time that he's a free agent. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's got that kind of potential. Um, and it seems like he's doing what we talked about uh, a couple months ago where he could come up and play every day or just about every day at different positions and give guys days off. Yeah. He's played short. He's played second. He's played center so far. Yeah. He, and he's played it all very, very well. Yeah, no question about it. Absolutely no question about it. So he, that's he he is uh he is a super super duper fast Ben Zobrist. Yeah, that's true. A, a a very fast guy who makes a lot of contact. Uh yeah, you're right actually. That's a good 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 analysis there, Craig. Well, thanks, good, bud. It's good stuff. I'm sorry. I was trying so hard not to oh, freak oh, out. I was like, "Oh, what are you, what are you making a big deal about? We're in the middle of the show, man. Come on." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. Do not blame you. Yeah. Not even one bit. That was one of. That, I mean, that was the best defensive play we've seen this year from this team, right? I mean, yeah. And he had a, another amazing catch about a week a week week and a half ago, something like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um. So, uh, Bryce Harper is back as well. Yeah, Bryce Harper came back from a, an absence that made you and I very angry. Yeah. Uh, he was out for, I believe it was eight days without being DL'd while the Nationals played with a 24-man roster. It was it, it was six games, but eight days. Right. So I just want to throw in that caveat that it, it was only, only quote-unquote, six games. That's a week's worth of games. Yeah, it's a week's worth of baseball games that he was sitting on the bench and the Nationals played with 24 players. Yeah. Um, so that sucked, but... Uh, it turned out that maybe he didn't need the DL time, I guess. 
I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know if he needed the DL time, but I, a break was nice, it seems like, because he's come back and he's been an on-base machine. Yeah. He's been doing super well since he came back. Uh, had that monster home run, and, you know, he's just... Uh, yeah, he's been he's been more of the Bryce Harper that we came to know and love last year, um, and it's really nice to see. It doesn't look like he's pulling off on the ball as much, uh, which he was doing in spades earlier. He was stepping in the bucket like we talked about, and he's just he hasn't seemed to be doing that in the couple games that he's been back so far. So really happy to see that uh, he can be a huge huge asset to this team going down the stretch. Yeah, I completely agree, um, and I think. You know, you you make the statement about, oh, the best free agent you can get is Bryce Harper being back. But um, I think just having him back back in the lineup and looking like he can contribute is huge. It's it's huge. So, uh, I, and I think that the possibility of uh, Ryan Zimmerman and Jose Lobatone coming back could be good. Could be. <laughs> so... What do you think? So it looks like Zimmerman. Hope, hope so. This weekend, it looks like they're they'll both be back. Um, what do you think that means for? I mean, we know what Lobatone's role is going to be, but right. Um, what do we think that means for Zimmerman's role? Well, I think Zimmerman's going to go back at first base. You don't sit Ryan Zimmerman as we've discussed. Um, yeah, hopefully the break did him well and he can hit a little bit. Be nice. I think. Uh, Clint Robinson's been a very, very, very suitable replacement. Just no missed a home run there. Uh, quote, robbed, but you can't really say robbed anymore. No, definitely not. Um, but, <laughs> nice. I just realized what you were talking about. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think Ryan Zimmerman coming back will be good. I also think that Dusty Baker will use the massive division lead to give him some spells more yeah. more than he was going to. Right. Um, and so I think that can only be good. So I, and I honestly, you know, I love Jose Lobaton, the player. I love him. I think he's yeah. great. Or the person, I'm sorry. The person. The person. Yeah. With I, the cups on his face. And... Yeah. He's, he, he's just a smiling, wonderful gem of a, of a guy. Yeah. Um, I would have really liked to see Pedro stick around. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been a nice little pickup there. Yeah, I think Pedro Pedro Severino is going to be the backup next year, unless for some reason they don't sign Ramos and can't get somebody else. And then yeah, I don't might, want to think about that. Then right he now. might start, but um, Pedro is he could be a good little uh, addition there, especially as a backup. I think he'll make a a very excellent backup next uh, next season. It'd just be nice to have him stick around a little longer this year. Yeah. Well, you know he'll be back up soon. But it's true. Just uh, just about well, eleven days or twelve days. Yep, he'll be back up. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's all we have for the list, Craig. Do you have any other other uh, things to hit before uh, we? I think we're good. Some, yeah, yeah. We had a couple questions, I think. A, a, a few. A few. a few. We didn't really put a big call out. Yeah, we didn't do we didn't do the the call for questions this time. This around. was more of a filler show that turned out longer than we expected, and, oh, that's, which always is the case. Longer so. than expected, but shorter than usual. So yeah, that works out okay. Um, so Beard wants to know: uh, is is his uh, owner? Excuse me, Baby Max favorite player? I think he has to be now. 
Yeah. Uh, there, there are pictures, and he was. Enamored. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot the pictures. Yes, I was he was there. enamored with uh, Jason Worth, and Jason Worth, uh, quite quite good with the baby. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, nice. While Jason Worth was trying to get Baby Mac to look at the phone for a picture, he what, what Baby Mac was too busy staring at Jason Worth, so Jason Worth snapped behind his head to try and draw his attention away. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Now, uh, pro tip, uh, if you want to get your picture taken with a professional athlete, carry around a baby. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the reason to have children. I'm kidding. Not true. Not true. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, the Natta Dude asks a question. Any credence in Nats needing a tough pennant race to prep adequately for the playoffs? This is a good question. Uh, I don't really buy into that very much. You do not? I don't, know. I, I don't totally buy into do. them. Yeah, okay. I totally do. I, I don't think that you can't win if you, are, if you, you know, don't have to do anything the last two weeks of the year to, and you have it locked up. That said, I think, I think it's really hard to not have to care about baseball for two and a half weeks and then all of a sudden have to care again because they're humans, not robots. Um, and so I think that just like I think that in 2014, the Nationals having like four or five days off between the end of the year and their first playoff game, I think that was a factor um, yeah. in the fact that they didn't play well. So I do think that long long times off and <clears throat> a difficult push can, I'm sorry, short times off and a difficult push can be helpful. It also can burn you out. Um, but on the flip side, I I think that, it makes it difficult. If you know on, on September 16th that you're going to win the division because it's locked up, I mean, it makes it really difficult to care for the next three weeks. And then there, there's not a, a switch that you flip that says, oh, I, hey, I care again. Um, yeah, I, I'm not as worried about it as I have been in the past, specifically because of Dusty Baker. I think Dusty and, Baker is a ma- major factor, and because a lot, the core of this team, uh, Wilson Ramos, Steven Strasburg, uh, Danny Espinosa, Jason Worth, Ryan Zimmerman, they've all been through this with the Nets. Yeah, and they know what it felt like last time. It's a good point, and it's a good point. It kind of was really a first time. I mean, yeah, it was the second time in the playoffs, but. First time was kind of a not really a fluke, but it was weren't it was supposed a to be there. Year. It was yeah, yeah, and then stars aligned that year exactly. And then in fourteen, the Nationals kind of had more of a come to Jesus moment afterwards, and kind of saw really what it had to take. They didn't do a little Abner, uh, <laughs> nice. So I think those veteran players are really going to have the right mindset that they know what they're getting into this time. Yeah. Uh, I, that it's a good point. I think that, I think that leadership makes a difference. And I think that Dusty is the right guy to be there for that job. I, I, I'll be interested to see how the rotation and the bullpen are constructed by that point. Um, and how everything else works out. That's all. Yeah. Uh, and once again, just as we discussed, Trey Turner showing, uh, what speed does difference maker. Yep. Forced, you, you know, uh, you've got to rush it. Yep, forced, because, uh, I believe, was that Dansby? It, w- it was Dansby. Yeah, uh, forced Dansby. It was, it was Cleavby. Uh, uh, 
Cleave me uh, into an error. So. Yes. Uh, excellent. Well, I think cleave me is the perfect way to end this episode. Of I think Stock so, Off too. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. If you're listening live, we'll talk for a few minutes on the other side of the music. Otherwise, uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 131 of Nat's Talk on the go. We will talk to you guys next week. for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at Nat's Talk on the Go on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats.